0: Welcome to the Cloud Consulting Journal, the stories, personalities, and business of the cloud consulting world. Here is your host, John Borup.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 30. Uh, This week, I sit down with Bill Powell. Uh, He is a Salesforce MVP, a four-time Ranger. Uh, and an all-around super smart guy who's done a ton of stuff in the ecosystem. So uh, we talk about his journey into Salesforce from being a sales rep to being a Salesforce developer. Uh, we talk about his approach to Trailhead as a learning platform. How do you learn Salesforce? And we have some real talk about the consulting industry itself. Uh, Bill has a lot of uh, interesting opinions t- uh, about the consulting industry. We also talk about the MVP program um, and what's going on with that, so I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Here we are with Bill Powell. Bill, how are you doing? Good, John. Yourself? I'm doing all right. You know, it's fall here in Chicago. Things start to get cold, but that's okay. You know, no one moves here for the weather.
0: <laughs> the The windy city, right?
1: Yeah. So I, I don't think I've ever met you, but you've done a lot in the Salesforce community and a uh, really impressive resume. Can you, can you walk me through, how did you end up where you are now? What's your journey like? how did you get into Salesforce?
0: I'll try and give the short version, but I'm the never, I, I have a hard time being succinct. So, okay. um, and you can hear me, right?
1: Oh yeah. Perfect.
0: I don't know if I need to move my mic or not, but um, so I started, I was a sales rep for a long time. Um, well, a long time being 10 plus years in a B2B. So I was in transportation. I was in, um, Apparel, really, just two businesses: transportation and apparel. I, I was in transportation, then went to apparel, went back to transport, and finally just said, "I've had enough of this crap," and um, used every CRM under the sun. I used uh, Act, I used Goldmine, I used Homegrown, I used Salesforce. And what my intro to Salesforce was was in 09 Um, one of the companies I was with was heavy heavy sales volume. Like we had to make 300 outbound calls a week. Twelve. I'll never forget the metrics: 300 calls a week. Uh, 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 30 in person visits, 12 proposals. I'm sorry, 12 first time visits, five proposals, one sale every week on average for 52 <laughs> weeks a year. So when I do Sales Cloud implementations, I say to these young people, I'm like, you have no idea how easy you have it. Like your leads are handed to you anyway. Um, so I got into Salesforce in 09 as a user, and my coworker said, you know, how, do you, how are you using Salesforce so well? I said, it's digital. You know, it's not hard. It's great. It's task management, it does a lot of cool things. And I'll need software. Um, because every Friday when we had goldmine, you had to submit your activity to the, the server and you would hit the button at three o'clock and you wait till five until it was done. You can say, you know, goodbye and you go home. But, um, I was a sales user for a, quite a bit. And then in 20, um, I'd say 20, was it 2015, 2016? I, I said, you know, there's, there's, I was voluntold by my employer at the time to say, look, you're really good at Salesforce can you help teach an onboard or new sales team? I'm like, sure. Cause I was the first Philly rep for this company they ever mm-hmm. had. So like I was helping them grow the business and helping them to add more territories as part of the onboarding process while maintaining a quota and everything else. So when I started teaching these people Salesforce, I'm like, this is kind of neat. And um, I didn't really know all the cool things it had. So I was getting emails about like, Hey, come see Metallica at Dreamforce. I'm like, Well, first what's Dreamforce, And second of all, what tech company has metal? and I'm, I'm a big rock and metal guy. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm used to, you know, the tech conferences where it's they just go and learn stuff. i like, this is pretty neat. So I started digging into Salesforce and learn more about the company, what they stood for. And I said, you know, I want to get into this, this training and development piece, but I was not, I, you know, I have, a, I went to community college. I don't have a bachelor's or anything like that. And uh, I've always been like, you know, learn by doing instead of sitting in a classroom kind of guy. Um, and they, of course it was, was a 2013 or 2015. And they wanted you to have 20 years of Salesforce experience and right. a PhD in education. I'm like, Salesforce hasn't even been out 15 years yet. You know what I mean? Sure,
1: but, yeah.
0: um, so I said, this isn't for me. And I kind of gave up. And then I started falling into uh, pro bono work to just teach Salesforce. And I said, okay. So it's already like teaching like these really small nonprofits with like, three or four people, mostly educational organizations, like in Chicago, actually, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm in Chicago and Philadelphia and all over the place. And uh, one of them asked me like, hey, can you make a custom field for us that tracks whatever? And I said, uh, I can figure it out. And then I couldn't figure it out because things were just so buried in the menus. And uh, I went on to a local community page. I guess it was a meetup at the time before the community uh, community groups really started with their own platform. So, hey, can somebody help me out with this? And you know, nobody responded within a few weeks, a month maybe. And admin training at the time was really expensive. And I'm like, they're still, it's still not you know free, but um, and I couldn't afford this. There's no way I can afford this. I'm just going to say I can't do it and figure it out myself. Well, turns out this person responded a, few, like a, month, a couple months later and said, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called Trailhead? And that was in January of 2016. I so said, now I've never, never heard of this. And Trailhead was still kind of in its infancy, and maybe there was 150 badges and then he said go try it out and i'm mean, like i have a i like video games and like okay. checklists so i got in the trailhead like that and uh every time there was a new admin badge I'm like gotta have it boom go after it now it's a lot different i can't do that now but um so that's how i got in and just was fully self-taught i mean i went to community college for graphic design web design so i had a little bit of tech experience this was back when there was actual discs yeah um, photoshop five five now it's you know 35 or whatever but so I had a little bit of web design background, so I understood like server side versus client side and some of the basics that we have to understand in like multi-tenancy. And uh, got my first admin job at a, as a sales ops person, running reports and um, doing little things, and creating fields, yeah. running reports for maybe five users, and then um, worked my way up through there. And then, um, you know, I've done everything from a small org, and now I'm actually back to ad, the admin life in an enterprise environment with thousands of thousands of users. And then um, working my way through consulting, had my own practice for about a year and a half, and just decided that I wanted to go back in-house and have a consistent paycheck. So, yeah.
1: Wow, that's quite a journey. One thing I, I, I noticed, well, I would say my guess about you is you have a talent for learning things and figuring things out, right? I could tell that right away. Um, i saw on trailhead you are a four-star ranger uh, what is your discipline around and your approach to trailhead
0: sure so uh, 2016 me and 22 22 me are very different people 2016 um i was just so eager to get out of that sales life and it was awesome. just got it, it got on me to the point where it was depression like it was just <laughs> i just can't do this anymore and Um, I am a very a big creature of my values, and after a while, I just felt like I was selling snake oil, no matter who I sold for. I think it just it just wore on me. So Trailhead was at the time was the escape, and it was I was in it all day, all night. You know, I don't know if you ever listened to Gary Vaynerchuk, but he used to say like, you know, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. was your time to learn and change your life. So at the time, that was my strategy: 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. after my son was in bed, 2 a.m. sleep for four hours and start over the next day. Um, learn as much as I could. I still remember going to, uh, my first world tour had a JavaScript book or Java right. book, I was trying to like cram as much as I could in my head and burn myself out a little bit. But now it's more so, you know, I don't chase badges anymore. It's like, okay, I need to learn this on my day to day. Like right now I'm trying to really teach myself DevOps. Um, yeah. where I'm at now we, we use a DevOps process, which is still in its infancy, so now I'm going through trails on you know DevOps on yeah. data deploy products, Capato products, you know, um, get GitHub, understanding a lot of that stuff. That I don't really have to do it. It's uh-huh. just that I've in the beginning it was teach me everything because I need to know where's my foundation. Right. But now I have the foundation. Now I'm just slowly but surely adding on to it as needed, rather than you know before it was hey look I'm going to learn about Marketing Cloud just because yeah. I want to learn about Marketing Cloud. Now it's like I don't want to touch marketing cloud, but I need to learn about DevOps because it helps me day to day. So yeah. yeah.
1: I guess my approach is, I have oh. kind of a similar experience in that, well, I I was already a consultant when Trailhead came up, and I would just take the learning as needed. So if I had a project in high volume sales, I would take that trail, right? And, or I had a needed refresher in sales, service cloud. And then eventually I found myself, man, I'm pretty close to being a ranger. So I started taking a bunch of
0: yeah.
1: badges. And I noticed I, I I started feeling a little ashamed of myself because I wasn't really reading the material and mm-hmm. grabbing it as well as I could have. Uh, but now I'm on the other side of ranger. I'm being a lot more slower in, in development. Um, you mentioned snake oil. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the consulting industry. This This podcast is about you know the salesforce uh, consulting industry not just salesforce but um a big part of it is the ecosystem and you've been a part of it and the reason why i contacted you is i noticed you you had uh i i feel like you have a perspective on consulting and in the salesforce ecosystem um what are your thoughts um your feelings on the salesforce partner ecosystem
0: do you want the, the 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 publicly facing version or the after-dark version? I'm kidding.
1: I want the real version, though. I need <laughs> I need so this is the thing, right? I mean I love consulting business, it's been a part of my life, but I feel like if we don't talk about the dark side as well as the good side, right? And and consulting firms all over are great at about talking about what's great. Yeah. it won't get better until we start talking about what needs to improve. So yeah. let me have it, Bill.
0: So so i'll give you some context so my first uh and i won't name names of anybody or anything like that obviously but i started in the consulting world as an admin i was an admin a staffing company placed me my first actual real admin job i didn't find myself right um loved it they were a great staffing recruiting i should say not a staffing company they recruited me to work there and um they they eventually said we're starting this practice and we kind of you know we, we've always recruited Salesforce people, but we've never started our own practice. So I got my feet wet, literally start helping someone start a, te- a, a consulting practice as a technical, their first technical resource in-house rather than them farming out contracts. So that was my start in consulting, like literally jumping in the deep end of the pool building up processes and, and you know, the customer service model and all that stuff. And eventually that team built, I moved away for a lot of personal reasons and now they have like 40, 50 people. So they're doing great. Yeah. Um, I went to a global partner after that um, who got acquired a year after I started there. And then I just went on my own for a little while. And then now I'm back to admin, but I'm kind of the consultant where I'm at because yeah. we're a big work um, So what I've what I've found, and this and this might be, a lot of them might disagree with me, is that I've talked to a lot of recruiters. I've interviewed a lot of places, small, large, midsize. And I found that, again, this is just me personally. I speak for no one but myself, is that a lot of consulting practices are run by a couple of different people. They're run by very technical people, which have very little interpersonal skills. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it's, maybe they're not the right type of people to lead the company. Yeah. And they wind up running down this hole of like just churn and burn, turn and burn, turn and burn. Um, the other type of people are the salespeople that build a consulting company. And it's just bananas. There's no process. It's just, it's just, it's crazy. Like it's just sell, 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 sell but they don't really want to look at the resourcing, like, how do we have enough people? Do we have the right people? Do we have a good process in place? Let's go use Google Sheets instead of Salesforce. Like, are you nuts? Like you have a system that will help you build your business. Right. Um, but finding, finding the, uh, the, and the third person is kind of like the the third person I would say is like the mix of both the salesperson and the technical person, but those are unicorns they are hard, much harder to find. Right. That, can talk business and keep out the technology, but also care about the culture and, you know, bring in good people and all that. And they just seem to be a lot harder to find. Um, again, in my personal opinion is just because there's just fewer of them. Um, so that's that. So I think you, you, you get a lot of big partners that get acquired on a regular basis and they just get eaten up. The culture disappears. And then, somebody else pops up and they get eaten up and it's just the same cycle over and over again. But in the mid side of the the, the mid sized partners, they seem to suffer from the, well, there's one or two things. It's either they're heavy sales volume or they're heavy technical people that tends to be a revolving door for like culture and, and things yeah. like that. And, and it just, it's it, history repeats itself a lot and it's kind of unfortunate, but once in a while you find some good folks in there, but there seems to be right now a lot of, merger and a lot of M&A going on even midsize space now rather than just the top end folks but a lot in the midsize but but it's just it's just crazy um and a lot of it seems to be it it, it peaks and valleys right so they they go on these hiring sprees and I won't mention a partner but a couple years ago I interviewed with a partner I turned down the job because I just had this feeling that it wasn't going to work out Mm -hmm. They were hiring like crazy and offering ridiculous amounts of money for people with no experience. And I looked at that and said, "There's no way they're going to survive." And within 12 months, they laid almost everybody off. And I said, "You know, a friend of mine got a job there, and I told him to be very careful." "Ah, oh, the money's yeah. great," I said. "Yeah, but they're probably VC backed, or they're, you know, somebody's writing them a check somewhere, and they're only going to survive a year or two because they're sales minded, and not operationally minded, and they're going to fold, or they're going to get yeah. bought, or they're going to go somewhere else, and." And that's just unfortunately the name of the game is grow, scale, sell. And it's like, that's great. But if you're a consultant that just wants a job, it's, 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 it's tough. Man. Um, and that's the p- consultant partner side, the Salesforce side, I can't say a whole ton about for a lot of reasons, but um, dealing with account executives is interesting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, positive and negative. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of shell games that get played. Um that's kind of, that's, that's kind of one of the reasons why I fall to my own practice, just because you build relationships with people and you do right by your customers. And that's the one thing I'm always big on is uh, customer service, um, customer yeah. relationships. Like if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. And when you once, and sometimes you have to say, okay, I'm going to sell you more hours, which you might use over the next year because you need to feed your kids or whatever. And it's not, it's not wrong. It's just, you know, something's coming out of the pipeline. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, but with With integrity and you know doing the right thing, but when you get a customer comes to you and says, "My AE wants me to buy CPQ for five users," it's like, "Come on, <laughs> come on!" <laughs> like, how am I going to sell this? I'm going to sell them, you know, a hundred thousand dollar implementation or whatever is fifty 000, whatever it winds up being for five users. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah,
1: you
0: know? and so unfortunately, it just goes on a lot, and it just kind of just bugs me. Right.
1: Yeah, it's interesting what you said about. I mean, the the economics of consulting is pretty straightforward. You know, there's billable hours, and then there's your salary, right? And I had a friend who got an offer, and she was told she could name her salary, and I was like, Yeah, In what universe does that work? Right? Like the basic laws of economics doesn't change, right? Yeah. Like this, there's something going on, right? And it's, uh, I would love to write my own salary, but I'd also like a solid gold toilet. Right, it's just <laughs> some things are not going to happen,
0: right? Black sounds great, but yeah, yeah. I mean that's, that you brought up a good point about the utilization too. Like that, yeah. You know, um, I never had utilization in my first consulting role because we were building something new. We had no idea what that should be,
1: yeah.
0: And when I started at the global partner, there was a there was a target there, but they actually had a pretty low target, which looking back now was really low compared to other stuff I've heard and people I've interviewed with. And uh, that's one of the things I talk to like n- people that want to get into consulting with Salesforce specifically. I was never like a finance lease consultant or anything like that, but right. uh, when I was in transportation, but you know, I said, are you willing to have that tough conversation that like if you have a slow week, a lot of these companies say it's it's your fault. You didn't work hard. Like right that's not that's not the case, but you know it's you know you don't source your business. Your your sales team sources your business. are you are you can you mentally handle that uh, burden that utilization will always sit right here. And I never had that issue, luckily, because I was always busy. But even in slower weeks in months and quarters, my clients were growing. So like it worked out, but in it's just some people just can't handle that pressure. And it's it's really hard. And you know, I talked to friends that consult in AWS and all, all their different platforms, it is the same there. Yeah, it's the same here. Right. And all of them say the exact same thing. Somebody need to develop a new model, but it's, yeah. it's it's cause it just crushes you and it's um it's hard.
1: Yeah. So I mean, you have an amazing perspective. If if you were talking to all the CEOs of all of the partners of Salesforce, the consulting partners, what advice would you give them? How, how can they do it right? Whether it's the sales guy or woman or the uh, techno person.
0: Wow, that's a big question. I think that we silo. I, again, it's from personal experience. Maybe yeah. many companies might be different, but I think we silo everyone into these, well, lack of a better term, silos. Yeah. <laughs> Sales has this growth number that the the tech people have to get it done at a certain time, and your utilization needs to be this. And yeah. support, you know, uh, customer care needs to be handle tickets into whatever whatever the number is. Right? Yeah. I don't see very often, maybe again, just me, where they're unified. Where oh, no. if you know, if, if the tech people help close a deal and sometimes cases they are like SEs and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's less common, you know, especially in the consulting world, like where if everyone had a piece of the pie, you know, if, if sales were, and know this isn't going to sound ridiculous, but back, back in my day, back in my sales days, if we sold a deal that went sour before 12 months were up, you had to pay back every penny of your commission. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, we were in transportation. These guys would lease fleets of 10, 20, 30, 40 yeah. tractors that are $100,000 a piece. So you imagine paying back a commission for 50, 60 grand? Wow. You would make sure that, yeah. no, I never made that. I was not at that tier, but I was I wasn't smaller fleet. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, if, if imagine if that rep sold that deal and said, okay, well, if this account, this implementation, whatever goes south before 12, whatever the time frame is, yeah. you make sure that they're involved in some way, shape, or form or at least involved in the customer success process, the entire project to make sure it doesn't go south. Right. Hey, what do I need? What do I need to help you with? Um, from a technical perspective, the same thing. You know, if they if they help close deals or whatever. I mean, I know it's more common that way, but um, they get a percentage of it or mm-hmm. um, something like that. Where I just there needs to be more cohesion between sales support and and uh, implementation, I guess. From the call, yeah.
1: uh, everyone needs skin in the game, basically. Yeah. And there's
0: some cases that are like that. Some cases yeah. that aren't, um, you know, some tech people feel like they don't have any input of, you know, like me, like I, I, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve with my clients. Yeah. Like I'll tell them if it's a good idea or not a good idea. Um, yeah. it's heard. And sometimes the tech, the tech team want to say like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? But they get ignored. Right. But yeah. if, if there are more of them involved in the sales process, they might be able to voice their concern and, you know, have a little more cohesion. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's my take is find a way to include everyone in some yeah. way. I know, it's impossible because there's sometimes on the project, there's a lot of people involved, but.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> people can shoot for it, even if it's not totally yeah. possible. But uh, I was going to ask you, what does it mean to you to be an MVP?
0: Um, so I got into the, not getting I don't want to make it sound I got in, but, <laughs> but um, when I first was nominated as MVP, I think it was 2017. Um, that was not something I was shooting for. Um, it was just, you know, there, this, I was so excited about the community and never being involved in anything like that. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of things, built a lot of groups, you know, enable people TPQ and all that stuff. And, and getting that was, was huge honor and still is, um, I'm an alum now technically by term. Yeah. But, um, it, it's always been cool to me because when you, when you have that light on your head, on your profile, or whatever people, you know, as, say okay well i can i can reach out to him or her and so okay, they have some sort of knowledge hopefully um or they can connect me with the right people right um that's that's big to me because you know it's my kind of duty to make sure they get what they need i'm unable to answer the question but i can give them to the people that that can help them get there because the guy that brought me into the ecosystem with the guy that reached out after my first post was an mvp Okay. and he never asked for anything no referrals no payment no nothing it's just like hey let me get you connected to the right person so and that was it i mean yeah. i still talk to him this day and we don't talk as much as we used to but he's still a friend of mine and we still chat infrequently but we still do and uh what it means to me is if i can continue that tradition of let me help you and guide you yeah that that's all i want um yeah it's just it's just cool that somebody can see that and say, okay, I can I can trust you with my question, or that you're going to get me to some, maybe the right person. Um, but if I can just continue what he did for me, that's that's all really matters.
1: Right. I, I I mean I have to give Salesforce credit for developing this program and kind of uh, you don't see many tech companies doing that, right? It, it takes a little bit of risk because you aren't an employee. Yeah. Right. But. Um, it's interesting. There's a little bit, there's a little bit of controversy online I see sometimes crop up about the MVP program about people who state it as a goal in their career versus someone like you who kind of like just enjoys sharing your knowledge and information what you've learned yeah. and, and and getting it. Do you see anything wrong with having that as a goal or or what are your thoughts on that? It's, it's I knew this was coming. You knew it was going to come, Bill.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, if you asked me a couple of years ago, I'd say, yeah, it's not something you want to strive for. It's You should strive for, you know, contributions on a daily basis or weekly, whatever. But I, I think my attitude changed a little bit. Um, you know, back when I started, it sounds crazy because it was only six years ago, but it was much a much smaller ecosystem. Then.
1: Yeah.
0: Not saying it's like five people, but it was, you know, a lot less, a lot smaller um i think it's something cool to strive for um but I, I also think that you know there's a how can i say this without saying I'm really negative it's not meant to sound negative but like there's not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of transparency about the program of yeah what it means and you know is there check boxes to check is there things like that um i just had a discussion with somebody the other day uh, about the whole program right and is it something that you strive for if yes if you understand that this isn't a you know you cross you you crest that hill and it's like okay I'm done. <laughs> but yeah. it's if, if it's something that you're striving for, you know, to get that like me, I said I don't have a college education. So like when I I mean not a not a finalized college education, or should say. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I got my first certification, that to me was my my back my associates. My next one is you know, and continue. I'm going for more architect certs right now. So that's my BA, right? Your masters. Yeah. If you're like me, where that's your, you know, your your goal, like your short term sale. I want to get that MVP because I want to give back. I want to do all these things I want to be recognized for. That's okay. I mean, like, you know, I would say people are motivated by time, money, or recognition. And if like that motivates you, that's cool. Because that means that like you want to do it because you're going to be recognized, but you also want to do it because you really give a crap about everyone around you. (laughs) Um, So like it's changed a little bit over the years where at one point I was like, no, you don't want to strive for that. You should do that every day. But like, right. The way that program has has grown and become more, a lot more public and a lot more like that apex, not to use that word for Salesforce, that's whatever. Anyway,
1: it's <laughs> a copyrighted word. Bill. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Less the, more declarative apex, but like right. the apex of that not like if that's where you want to be, that's cool. It's just understand that like if you're going to get there, there's a lot of things to get there and stay there. Um, yeah. You know, because you have to be that beacon, you have to be willing to help people out and you have to be willing to, you know, if you don't know the answer, guide someone and, and just be that. Uh, you know, understand there's an NDA and there's all that stuff involved too, because if, you know, you're representing Salesforce and you're representing yeah. not just yourself, but a huge community of people um, that rely on you. So,
1: yeah, I guess, I mean, you're a sports fan. So I was thinking of the analogy of like the NFL MVP you know, I think Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers—they don't think I'm going to be the MVP. They—they they probably want to help their team enough, yeah, to to be considered for that. Right? It, it's not something to shoot for, but if you help your team enough, and, and to extend the metaphor, I guess the team is everyone who uses Salesforce, right? Like, yeah,
0: yeah it's kind of like—I don't want to say like it's something to strive for because it is, but the reasoning is is why kind of sorta. Um, it's kind of. I one of the people I work with said it's not about the team on your. It's not about your name on the back. It's about the name on the front of your jersey. He's like, it's right. while well, you're getting individual, you know, contributions and um, some sort of payback for. It. Yeah, there, there's perks yeah. In the program not a lot of time, but there's perks to the program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also if if you're doing your best to get there, you're helping everyone around you. So yes, um, that's the that's the cool thing about it.
1: Yeah. So so for you and your career, what what was the transition like from consultant to working for a company? I, what I call normal people, right? Not a consultant anymore, right? You're a normal person. What was that transition like and was it difficult at all?
0: Uh, yes, especially being an independent um for since 2020. Because when I need tools, I go buy tools. When I need something, I just go get it. If I need to deploy something to production uh, from a sandbox, I deploy the production. Now, it's, there's DevOps, there's a pipeline, there's info security, which has to validate every single app and everything that you do. If I if I breathe out the wrong nostril, it's like it sends up alarms. So especially for a cybersecurity company, which is even yes. more difficult. Um, that's who I work for, but. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it was a difficult transition back to being an admin, especially since I was only an admin for a small org, two small orgs. One had five users, one had maybe 35, 40, where right. you know, it was the wild, wild west. And what I say goes, and I was the data dictator yeah. uh, now and not the data dictator. And I'm on a team of 35, 40 different people um, that touch a lot of different systems and integrations and architects and, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room anymore. So we're not the smartest right. person in the room anymore, I should say. Um, so it, it, it's, it's an adjustment. And then the hardest part really was to give up control. Like I can't, I can't just go get cloud toolkit and go turn off all my automations. I can't, oh. you know, use, organize. I can use organizer, but like some things like that, that, you know, auto essentials, I'm going to name drop them because it was a great tool. You know, I used it as an independent. It was fantastic. Um, I can't just use the same tool I had to use before. So um I think I think today actually I had a conversation with a co-worker I, said, I think I'm really finally settling in like yeah. I feel better but it's still like every day I'm like just deploy at the prod do it tonight I'm like nope we have a release day we got to go on release yeah. day So
1: yeah there's something to be said about the discipline of of controls like that right? right it's like yeah in the consulting world sometimes it's too much about speed you know and it should be about what are we doing right? Safety and security,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, I it's you do have to slow down a little bit, um, yeah, and if there's something to be like you said, something to be said for that, um, and it's funny because it, 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 a lot of the requests I get because I work strictly on the CPQ side of the business yeah. and uh, I do a lot of like new SKUs, new products, stuff like that. And it's oh, we need this, but we need it yesterday, well we want to take our time to do it so we make sure we do it right. It's like, right, which is it?
1: it has to be- <laughs> perfect and fast
0: yeah but how's perfect. that how's that go you get cheap faster now you only get two. right
1: more. right yeah you can only pick two that that's a wonderful paradigm to think about that so what do you do when you're not working
0: uh everything <laughs> <laughs> no i um i uh i'm a scout parent my son nice. is a, a cups he's a troop scout now i should say um so i don't volunteer there i, vol- I voluntold there yeah <laughs> um, yeah, I I I refuse to volunteer because I already have enough to do. But when I'm there, I'm available. So I, they put me to work. They put me yeah. to work. Um, I just started martial arts a few weeks ago. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I um,
1: particular line of martial arts is it
0: uh, Okinawan Kempo <coughs> Jeez, excuse me. <laughs> Okinawan kempo. Um, because my uh, actually good friend of mine who works for a consulting partner who um, he's a a very high degree black belt in uh, Okinawan karate. Oh my gosh. And uh, I took karate a long, long time ago when I was a kid, my son's age, actually younger than my son. And I was in Tang Shudeo and I always loved it. And uh, I always said, I'd go back, but it's, it's not cheap, right? It's not like going to planet. Yeah. A month. And it really requires a lot of discipline. Um, yeah. And I've been on a kind of weight, weight loss journey this year. And I yeah. kind of out a little bit and um, I've lost a hundred pounds some years ago, which is another story, but um, put a lot of it back on. So, I wanted to. There's no gym near me. I moved out into the, the sticks, so yeah. and I can't just walk a track, or you know, I get bored easy. So I said I wanted to, you know, exercise my mind and body. So I wanted to go back and take martial arts. And this one, I've been I've been scouring through uh, uh, martial arts academies, like people go through partners, like very particularly picking them and bringing it back to consulting a little bit. But no, but uh, I found Okinawan Kenpo, and I, I like it. Um, yeah, but it's um it's it's hard. You forget how how you know flexible these kids are and i'm in a class with um the older kids and adults so i i think it's like 10 and up in my class so these kids are doing 40 50 push-ups and i got seven
1: yeah yeah i'm aging rapidly and and one of my advice for my fellow aging rapidly people is like to try something new that's physical Mm -hmm. you know what that's karate for me it was tennis I think it's humbling and it's good for your mind, and it helps you keep growing. Right, that's something we forget as we become more senior. I think is the correct term.
0: As a gray comes
1: in, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, Bill, a- well, oh, it was wonderful talking to you.
0: Yeah, it was good. To you. Good. Uh, good. You know, talking to you too, and you know, appreciate you including me, and it's good to meet somebody else. I haven't done one of these in a very long time, so it was good yeah, to well. talk a little bit.
1: All right, sir. Well, I thank you so much. Thanks, John. All right. Take care, sir. Bye. You Talk soon.